0: This week, we are talking all about shame, embarrassment and why we hate being wrong. So why is it that the thought of being wrong about something is so uncomfortable? The idea of being shown up or caught out fills us with dread? Well, we end up working really, really hard to prove that we are always in the right and so we never let things go, we never back down, we don't listen to other people. Well, in this week's teaching, we're going to be explaining why being in the wrong feels so bad, why your inner child always wants to be in the right, and how you can get more comfortable with making mistakes. Okay David. So why is it we experience so many uncomfortable or painful or red light emotional feelings when we make a mistake or we get caught out?
1: So this is the part of the mind that I like to call the inner child. And for those new subscribers just joining in newness, when I talk about the inner child, you may want to call it your ego or your emotional self or your subconscious mind, but I would prefer to use the label and the metaphor of the inner child. And this question is going to examine why your mind acts like a child. So when you hear those absolutely screaming inner voices, that extreme red light feelings that I call the squealing piglet, this is the voice of the inner child. So today gives me a great opportunity to describe in more detail how the inner child works and the belief system the inner child is working from.
0: So if I make a mistake or if I get caught out or I believe I may make a mistake or I believe I may get caught out and I experience uncomfortable emotions, I, I want to avoid that situation at all costs, what's going mm-hmm. on with the inner child?
1: Okay, so this would normally relate to something that happened in your childhood. I would give you the kind of the way the age group to look at is somewhere between six and nine years old, roughly around that age, not exactly. But I would say if what Alex has just described is around what you're doing, is that were you brought up with highly critical parents? Were you brought up with parents that were always pushing you, never gave you the praise setting the bar so high that you could never quite jump over it? Or did you experience very poor teaching experiences at school? Were you always trying your best but never quite reaching it? Were you embarrassed and put in front of the class? I can remember one of my clients, when we traced this back, when we did the golden thread and we started from this extreme embarrassment and we traced it back, why, why, why? It went right back to she was eight years old and she said she wasn't great at reading. And what the teacher used to do every Monday morning was to make her stand at the front of the class and read a passage or or a poem. And she said all her week was centered on that one experience. And one day she was so bad. This is why this is so important. I hope you don't mind me sharing this way with you. But she wet herself. She was standing in front of the class and she wet herself. She was so wound up, so worried about the criticism her her teacher was going to do and then pass on to her parents. And this is what sets these mindsets, these beliefs so strong in your mind. So don't believe that you can just change this by smiling and changing it. A lot of my clients will use the word ingrained, deep, habitual. Now, I wouldn't go along with those words, but they are very deep and there's a lot of story around them that you have to unpick.
0: So I can see how certainly where you've got a situation where a parent or a teacher is judging you, criticising you, berating you, setting unobtainable standards for you as a child that becomes a hugely important and focus in your life and a very kind of creating lots of uncomfortable emotions for you but how does that that sort of experience in childhood how does that then affect the clients that you work with in adulthood because these childhood experiences how do they become how do they how do they get carried into adulthood and how do the does it then affect us in adulthood? Well,
1: this is what the teaching of the inner child is so powerful. If you can recognise anything that we're talking about, of course it will be unique to you, so I appreciate that. We're giving you the ballpark that you can think about it. But that mindset of a child between six, seven, eight, nine, ten perhaps, it almost becomes a filter it almost becomes a program like a computer program and everything that it encounters or alex says something very important anything you might think you is you encounter so it's just not real things the reality of the world and the life that you're living it's almost what you project on your expectations go through this filter now that's why i like to use the term the inner child And this is the reason, because all children, by our nature of being a child, we are codependent. We are always looking externally for our parents, for our guardians, for our teachers, for someone higher up in authority to give us and to tell us what to do, to give us our praise, to give us our value. And that's what validation means, to give us our worth. Now, I want to prove to you during these teachings that this is a misunderstanding of the child. I can understand why they have that misunderstanding, but it is a misunderstanding. So, therefore, they're looking externally for something that cannot be given. So, when they get criticism, when they get what we call CCJ, this is so important, this teaching ccj remember those initials criticism comparing being judgmental they see that as almost like a punishment they see that as an emotional hurt that goes deep in the child because they've opened themselves up to someone that they believe should give them the praise the value the validation the love They're opening themselves up to these people in authority. And what they do, they give them this arrow that goes right deep into their emotional system. And then it's not, it's, it's not, it's totally understandable that the child then wants to protect themselves against that.
0: And so we carry that need and that overwhelming desire for protection into adulthood. But I just wanted to pick you up on something. You said that the the child is looking for the validation the praise the the kind of approval that cannot be given but actually in childhood a lot of the time we are taught that if you do this then you we will give you a positive stroke we'll tell you what a good boy you are we'll tell you what a good girl you are if you do that then we'll scold you we'll laugh at you we'll give you the silent treatment so For many of us as children, we are taught that you can, you will get external validation so long as you do things right, so long as you don't make mistakes.
1: So that's absolutely correct. And so let me be clear on this teaching. So many of us, perhaps nearly all of us, are brought up with a parental system of a carrot and a stick. When we do what our parents think is right for us, and it well might be right, we are given approval. We are hugged, we are tired, aren't you a good girl, aren't you a good boy? Daddy's so proud of you, aren't you doing well at school? But when we don't do something so good, maybe something trivial like messing up our room or not eating our greens or even something more serious than that, then we get that look. (laughs) My mother was brilliant at that look. I I always thought she could kill anybody at 10 paces she could give you that look and you that look went right down deep inside. Now what that does is a parental kind of guidance system that the parents are using. But how the child perceives that is they believe that they are looking externally for worth or value. Now this is where I said you cannot get. You cannot get external worth and value. Because my teaching to you, for you to consider, and this is so important, so take a moment now and drop your shoulders. You already have value. You already have worth. When you were a child, when you came into the delivery room, the midwife didn't hold you up and says, quick, somebody, can you give this baby some worth? You intrinsically have worth as a human being. So how can somebody give you what you already have? Now, as a child, you don't understand that, quite rightly. You are codependent. And if that initial teaching is wrong, and don't misunderstand, I'm not blaming your parents, because they probably had exactly the same teaching. It came down the parental line. And if you don't believe me, look at your grandparents your parents' parents, and see how your parents were educated and brought up. And you'll see this very poor parenting technique coming down the line. So for me, the child then is basing their filter, as I spoke about, through this misunderstanding that I have got to please somebody, I cannot be CCJ'd, I cannot be criticised, I cannot be judged, I cannot be compared against my siblings, against the next door neighbour, against somebody else's score, because that hits me so hard. I create this emotional feeling.
0: And I guess the childlike equation here is that if I make a mistake, if I do something wrong, if I say something that is wrong or I act in a way that is wrong or incorrect, then I will be judged. I will be criticised. I will be compared negatively. And I want to avoid that at all costs. So that's, I guess, where the child gets to in the thinking. But obviously, that was based on when we were a child and we looked up to our parents and we looked up to our teachers and we didn't question them and we didn't have a more mature, worldly understanding. But why is it now that as adults, we are still operating on this same black and white system of i have to be right i can't be wrong if i'm wrong it's going to be embarrassing i'm going to feel shame i'm going to be criticized i'm going to be judged surely now as an adult we should know better
1: well and we do we do know better so the direct answer to your question is we do know better but the the emotion comes into this and then the emotion muddies the water so a lot of my clients, when I give them the teaching, which I give to you every video, you must be getting fed up of it now, but this is so important. This is so important for you to grow as a spiritual, independent person, not a codependent person. Is You are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim. So when you were a child, around this time of influence, You did not have the understanding that you were creating the feelings. And let me make that clear to you. You wasn't creating the situation. You wasn't creating the poor parental guidance or the poor teaching. You didn't create a poor teacher, but you did create the emotional response to what they were doing. Now, here's the basis of where it goes wrong. The child believes the outside person, the external person, is creating that emotion inside of them. And so they're trying to protect themselves from that emotion. Now, you may call it emotional safety. Have you ever uttered those words? I just want to be emotionally safe. I just want to be emotionally protected. Maybe you're statement. If you're using those words, even in your mind, you have a false misunderstanding that like you believe that you are not creating your emotions. And this is what a lot of clients will say to me after we've done one or two sessions and they start to see things trying to change. They'll say, of course, intellectually, David, maturely, I understand that I create my emotions. And then they use that famous three-letter word, but. And when you use but in the middle of a sentence, means you don't believe it. So you intellectually might Mm -hmm. believe it, but that part of your mind that I'm calling the inner child, she or he does not believe it. And unfortunately, she's in control. She's in control of these situations and he's in control. So instead of you maturely addressing these situations, then the child is is in control and the child's number one thing is not to be criticized is not to be judged is not to be compared and then it will use the emotional feelings because I do not want to experience these emotional feelings ever again
0: and i like that term you used right at the beginning there david that the emotions muddy the water Absolutely. so my question was why is it when we have a more mature worldly view as an adult that we override all that logic with with the emotions it's because the emotions become the dominant the dominant focus for us and we always choose to follow the emotions to try and avoid the emotions because we believe that if someone criticizes us or if i get something wrong and even only i know about it that's going to create emotions that, So the situation or the person is going to create really bad red light emotions and I do not want those because we are not still accepting as an adult emotionally uh, speaking that we are creating those emotions we still believe that it's because of the mistake or it's because of the person criticizing us or the person judging us that's
1: right because that part of your mind the filter the the inner child that's why I like the metaphor of the inner child this is why it makes sense rather than something like the ego if you have a physical child of about six, seven, eight, just listen to them. And they see things very much in yes, no, black, white, right, wrong, fair, unfair, just, unjust. And so instead of you running your life in wu wei, in balance, authentically, making decisions, learning from your mistakes, growing stronger growing into a more balanced organic wholesome human being you have this child believing that they know best they do not want to be punished they do not want to be criticized they are always right they want to be perfect so again if this is you if you've ever used that term or even thought the term if only i was perfect see this is your inner child these are the criteria he's setting down If I'm perfect, if I get everything right, if I'm top of the heap, if I'm slightly superior, if somebody put me on a pedestal, if I always get what I want, if my expectations are always met, if everybody loves me, if everybody gives me value, you could go on and on and on. And that's your inner child thinking. The world would be utopian. The world would be like a Disney world where everything works out, how I want it, when I want it, the speed I want it. Everybody thinks what I think is right because I know best. Mm -hmm. And this is the inner child.
0: So there's a couple of things now going on. There's the avoidance of the emotions, which our inner child believes that are mistakes or the other person or the situation is creating, not us. And there's the black and white inner child thinking that there is no compromise here. If I make the slightest deviation or the slightest error or the slightest misjudgment or whatever, I'm not going to be perfect. Therefore, it's, I've lost. So it's, it's either I win or I lose. It's black and white.
1: But those two are connected though, Alex, yeah. you see, because the one supports the other. Mm-hmm. So what the child has sorted out in their childlike mind, if I'm perfect, then every situation will be perfect. Everyone will love me. Mm -hmm. Everyone will give me value. Therefore, Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I won't get red lights. Mm -hmm. You see, it's very childlike logic. If the world is how I believe it will be, everybody acts the way I want them to act, then I will not get red light feelings. Will I? Why should I? I'll be slightly superior to everyone else. Not to make it bad for them, of course, but I will get all the attention I will get all the love. I will get the worth. It will all be about me, me, me. Enough about me. Let's talk about me. And that's how a child sees the world. It's not wrong. It's just childlike.
0: And then the third thing really in terms of inner child qualities is what you've hinted at really is this absolute stubbornness. This is the way it is. This is what I believe. This is what the outcome's going to be. And I am not budging. So it's almost like that part of our mind goes into lockdown. Even though authentically, deep down, we know, you know what? It's okay to concede on this. It's okay to listen to other people's point of view and then consider them and accept that, you know, hold on, maybe I was in the wrong here. But our inner child just digs. He or she just digs the heels in so badly.
1: Are you smiling at this? (laughs) Is this you? Now, I see this as your best quality. I see what Alex is calling st- stubbornness or willfulness. Do you dig your heels hill- in even when you know you could be wrong? Do you just crush your arms and go, no? Even internally, do you cl- close your mind and say, no, I'm not budging? And this is your inner child. And this is why we do not, now you're not going <laughs> to, you're going to find this funny. We do not want you to lose that quality, that willfulness, because I believe that's determination, out of balance. Remember, we've talked about the pendulum many times, the emotional pendulum swinging from left to right. So if you go to willfulness or stubbornness, really that pendulum shows you that you have fantastic determination. It's one of your best and highest qualities as a human being. I do not want you to lose that, but I want the determination to be guiding you towards your authentic path, not going round and around on the carousel of despair, trying to manipulate other people, trying to live in this utopian world where everybody loves you, everybody got you in, uh, has you in high regard, nobody criticizes you, and the Paradoxical thing about this, although you do not like and you detest people CCJing you, you're quite happy to CCJ them.
0: But is that is that to make yourself feel superior, Thank feel you. better? Thank so you. you're still working on this agenda of wanting to be right, wanting to be perfect.
1: That's why it's the pendulum, Alex. So if
0: I, not only am I going to work hard to never make a mistake, to always be right, but I'll also work pretty hard to see CJ or the people because that's going to elevate me yeah. as well.
1: Well, if I can keep them down, it lifts me yeah, up, yeah. doesn't it? If I find fault with them, if I criticise them, if I'm judgmental about them, kind of deep down inside of me it makes mm. me brush up my feathers a bit. And I go, hmm, look, at them. they made a right mess of that. And, but, in, but in a way, you're only doing paradoxically what you hate yourself. And that's why the emotional pendulum is so powerful. We've done many teachings on the emotional pendulum. But this is why a lot of people get confused. Because they hate being criticised. And then in a blink of an eye, they will be the hardest critic on themselves and other people. So ask yourself, when we finish this video, who now criticises, judged, and compares you the most. You do. You're your own worst critic. You compare yourself with everybody. You are so judgmental. When have you ever given yourself a pat on the back? When you ever you said Well done, that was brilliant. I even surprised myself. Even if you did fantastically you will pick fort, and this is what we're talking about today. This is why it's so fundamentally important. The Chinese call it the fountainhead. You've got to go to that first belief system and kind of deconstruct it. Because if you do not deconstruct it, everything you do working on your emotions will not work because the base of it is still out of balance, unharmonious, incorrect for you.
0: And so it's not just a case of, say, well, I'm okay now with making mistakes. It's okay to be wrong, you know, because that's just, you know, you can layer on these affirmations. But as you said, unless you go dig down deep, find the, go back to those original times as a child when you had the misunderstanding about, I need to be perfect. I'm People are judging me. People are criticizing me. It's because I'm not right. I must be right. I must be perfect. You have to go back to those original incidences and sit with your inner child and and speak to your inner child and explain to them now that these were misunderstandings.
1: So one of the life lessons I often do with my clients who come to me with this type of, uh, of issue, I think this is a very powerful life lesson. What other people think of you is none of your business. Just think about that for a second. What other people think of you is none of your business. So let me give you my evidence. If we devised a question about you, and you were happy with it, and I was happy with it, just one question, and I took that question to 10 of your closest family and friends, I will guarantee you I will get 10 different answers. Which one of those answers is you? None of them. They're all their perception of you. And if you constantly try to live to their principles, what they think of you, it's like a big giant game of whack-a-mole. As you please one, another one pops up. As you please that, another one pops up. So you will never win that. So instead of walking your path that I call on fresh snow, walking authentically, walking in your inspiration, living to your truths, living to your principles, living to your morals, that the Taoists call Te, you're not. You're looking over your shoulders thinking, what will they think? What will they think? What what will they think? And if you please one, then somebody else will be dissatisfied. And then you're trying to please them, and then they'll be dissatisfied. And so instead of walking in Wu Wei with your head held high and living your life to your principles, living your truth, living with integrity, you're not. You're doing something totally different, and then you begin the confusion and cover it all up. And that's why, as Alex said at the beginning of this, things like embarrassment, things like people talking about you behind the back, thinking about I didn't like the way he looked at me. What are they thinking? Thinking about whoever, whatever thinks. This is taking over your life Mm. and taking over your mind and
0: it stops you from taking action and walking your authentic path absolutely and so we've done several videos on how to do this kind of deeper work and how to do the reparenting work to to explain Mm. all these teachings to the inner child to now become the authentic loving compassionate straight talking parent to your inner child and explain you know there's some major misunderstandings gone on here
1: as i've said in many teachings what i'm trying to encourage you to do is not to be the physical parent to your inner child but be their spiritual parent to listen to them particularly about worth and value listen to them about love You can go back into our resources. We've covered all of these subjects and we will going forward write us in questions. We will answer your questions. But you are their spiritual teacher, their spiritual parent. You listen to what they're stuck with and you give them the answers. And I say to all of my clients, this is not about it brainwashing your child. This is not about beating your child into submission. This is not about indoctrination. The only thing that I work with with my clients is I know their inner child is willful, downright stubborn, will be quite happy to harm themselves, Mm -hmm. to get their own way, to punish. I understand all of that, and that can be complicated and take a little time. But the one thing I work on is the inner child is not stupid the inner child is not stupid and so it wants its questions answered calmly with backup information so they can go away and think about it and they can come back and ask you additional questions which you should answer and when i'm working with my clients i see that as my role i see that that's what i'm doing i'm answering the questions I'm widening their spiritual perception so they don't see things in this black and white, good, bad, fair, unfair, just, unjust. It shouldn't have happened. You're not living to my expectations. That's not how parents are. That's not how teachers should act. That should never have happened to me. This should never happen to me. And so this very rigid separation point of view is what causes the problem because that creates the pendulum. These extreme points of view where what we're looking for in this teaching these life lessons is to find the wu-wei authentic path on fresh snow
0: thank you so much for listening to this week's wu-wei wisdom life lesson you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow if you'd like to work one-to-one with david He supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers, and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.